You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Real Talk with me, Mason Bray. Today I do my first interview with someone I'm so excited about. So let's go to that. So we have Gabriella Marzetta here and she plays Dawn in the national tour of Waitress. Hi Gabriella. Hi Mason, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm great, happy to be here. Do you want to give a quick synopsis of how you got to Waitress? Yes, um, it's a very funny journey. Um, long story short, um, I was not cast originally as Dawn. They had cast it months before and I couldn't even get an appointment, which was heartbreaking because it's my dream show, dream role, but Trusted the Universe was like, you know what? just going to trust whatever happens, happens, can't be mad. Um, and then a couple months later, um, I saw that they were looking for the role of Dawn again. Um, we all actors use a website called Actors Access, where um, different roles from tours, Broadway, regional theaters um, are released if they're available to audition for. So Dawn was released and I was like, okay, I'm going to book this. So I sent literally 10 emails maybe even more, to the, the casting directors in 10 different ways because I Googled, I was like so crazy about this. I was like, I need them to, to read my email. I need to at least audition. So I Googled how to make sure a casting director opens your emails because being in the business a couple of years, half the time they never respond when you ask for an audition. So I was like, what's up with that? And I found out most of the time when you send your headshot and resume or you send an attachment to a casting director or someone like that, it's sent to their spam folder because of the attachment in the email, which you don't learn that in school. So I sent 10 different emails, 10 different ways, um, hoping that it would end up in their, in their inbox and they would see it. And they did. Um, so I had three auditions in a week. Um, it started with an initial audition with the casting director. And then I went back and did it for, um, some of the the waitress creative team and then the last day was like me and three other girls um i didn't meet them i just heard them and it was with most of the creative team and then a camera in the back recording for sarah Barellas because she gets the final say apparently um and i did i did i think four 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 dawn material things um went in three times in a week and then Four days later, I got a call when I was leaving my preschool job because I was a preschool teacher. Very weird. Shouldn't <laughs> be a preschool teacher. I'm an actor. Um, I was leaving my preschool job and I got a call from the casting director that I was going to be done. And it was the craziest moment of my life. So yeah. Best decision they ever made. Exactly. Yeah. You never give up and uh, 
Send 10 emails. Send 20 emails. Who cares? <laughs> how long have you been doing theater and how many productions have you been a part of? Oh my gosh. I don't know how many productions I've been a part of. I used to count when I was younger and I was like in my 20s, I would say like when I was 15. No, 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 no. It had to be like 16, 17. I started when I was 11. Um, Schoolhouse Rock Live Junior was my first show ever at my middle school. Um, I was very, very, very shy as a kid. Like I was very weird and like funny, you know, like with groups of friends and like individual, but I was really shy in groups of people like um, just, yeah, in like public settings. Like I would, I would never think looking forward, I would be who I am now as a, as a girl. I was always very shy, writing scripts to myself, like filming my Barbies do these scripts. Like I've always been a writer of, you know, an artist. Um, and my dad had to convince me, I was always a singer, but I only sang like in my family. And my dad convinced me to audition for my school's talent show by buying me a Barbie doll. Um, so I was very young and it worked. Um, and ever since then, that was fifth grade and I sang Reflection from Mulan for my talent show. And ever since then, I got bit by that theater bug. Um, and have when I was growing up, I was in like three shows at a time. So my my youth was very much like obsessive theater kid, um, which now I resent a little bit. But I was, yeah, very much like one of those like glee kids. You know what I mean? Like typical theater kids who are so passionate about theater and literally want to eat, sleep, breathe it. And I did. Um, and I actually ended up going to a performing arts high school. I transferred um, after my sophomore year at my normal public high school. Um, and it was called Chicago Academy for the Arts. It's in Chicago. So I commuted there every day um, from the suburbs. So it was like an hour commute every day. And I... I'm so thankful for that training because I would not be where I am without it. Um, so yeah, I think definitely that my my performing arts high school training definitely um, well prepared me for college and um, after high school training and where I am now. So um, definitely was overloaded with theater activities growing up, but um, I wouldn't have it any other way because I wouldn't be who I am right now without it. You're so amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, is Dawn the favorite role you've ever played? Yeah, yeah. She's and been my dream role, like literally since since I saw it because the, the role isn't the same as it is in the movie. So it's not like when I saw the movie, I was like, I want to be Dawn if it's ever, if it ever becomes a musical. Cause like, she, it's, she's just not the Dawn we know and love in the movie. We She's still amazing, but. Um, no, yeah, I saw, I saw, I think one of the first, the first or the second preview ever of Waitress on Broadway. Um, my, my teacher actually was, was in New York. My high school teacher, um, was in New York visiting and he was going to go see it and he got sick. So he called me, he was like, can you take this ticket for Waitress? I'm sick. Like it's yours. It's free. And it changed my life. Um, it was insane. Um, so definitely. Yeah. My favorite role, dream role, um, dream come true. That and Jeannie from Hair. Those are the two best roles ever. <laughs> what is life like on the road? Ooh, it is very, very, very crazy and not crazy at all. And I mean that like it's crazy because touring around a country, doing a two and a half hour musical every day is not something humans like, like we like maybe we were put on this earth to do, but like the cavemen didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like this isn't something that comes naturally to humans, like getting on a bus, getting on a plane or like constantly traveling. 
constantly having to be worried about your immune system, um, having to say no to the hangouts, which sucks. And I know like as a kid, I had the worst FOMO, like as a kid, which is like, like I always like, you always want to be hanging out with people or you don't want to be left out. And now I like could not be happier to be left out because on the road, like if I was invited out to something, the guilt I would feel knowing that I probably shouldn't go out after a show, like felt really, it's, it's a lot, but you know, you're doing the right thing because you have to take care of yourself because if you get out there and you don't have a voice or something like that's on you, you're going to get fined. You're going to disappoint the audience. So it's very, um, it's very crazy in the sense you always have to be on, but it's also so not crazy in the sense where half the time you're on a tour bus, like a slug, like so flipping tired, so like irritable. And the good thing is you're with all these people every day. So you become like how a family becomes like literally like a family, you get annoyed with each other, you get irritable, like you can be yourselves. And, and that, that happens, it happens, but like no offense is taken because you have to be able to be yourself despite you know being around the same people every day you shouldn't have to you know have to hide things you're going through but um i would say that was the most difficult part definitely is i would say maintaining an optimistic um attitude even despite like the long travel days sometimes the really quiet audiences luckily that didn't happen too much because the show was just so you know pee your pants funny but there were some audiences where crickets crickets and it was like are you, are you hearing us? Are you watching the show in front of you? So that was def I would say, yeah, like the audience energy and um, our energy throughout the day getting into the show was definitely the hardest part. Best part though, um, touring around our lovely country and Canada, but love the United States, love Canada. Um, but definitely, yeah, getting paid to, to travel the world or North America is really cool. <laughs> So when you do have immune problems, like when you're going around the country, how do you handle mistakes? Ooh, you have to be so forgiving of yourself. I, I, and I'm still learning this. I'm, I think if I was still in the show, I would be way better off than I was at the beginning. Um, but speaking for myself, I mean, I'm such a perfectionist and given that, you know, Dawn is, was and is my dream role and one of my favorite roles ever written and ever so many other people's like dream role and favorite role that was ever written. It, there's a lot of pressure to do it justice, but also trust myself. Um, so at the beginning, I was so anxious and worried all the time, taking so many like immune supplements. And I still do that, but I was like, go, 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 go at the beginning. Like <laughs> could not get enough, was so worried I was going to get fired at any second. Um, and now like towards the end, I actually ended up calling out um, by my own choice. The second, not me knowing our second to last show, I thought we had like a hundred more shows. So I was, it was like, I was super tired and and I felt like I was about to get sick and I didn't luckily, but I was like, you know what? I'm, I don't know anyone in these next cities. Like they're just a bunch of one nighters. And I posted on my Instagram to see if like there was anyone like super looking forward to like seeing me in particular. And, and I didn't hear anything. So I was like, great, I'm going to call out this Tuesday. Julia's finally going to get her chance. It's going to be awesome. Um, and I felt, and I felt in the moment I felt good about it. Cause I was like, even though I'm not on my deathbed and that was the only time I told myself I would call out because I'm stubborn um, and I love being Dawn, but you, I had to realize there are times where, where you don't, I don't have to be on my deathbed to need a break. Like I was so exhausted and I probably would have made a mistake that night um, 
who knows? And that, that would have been on me, like not checking in with myself and knowing what I needed. Um, there, there was a show where I, it was towards, I would say the beginning ish. It was like maybe after a month. So we, it was like after like the honeymoon period where we all were so excited to do the show. And then it was starting to get like, Oh, we're doing this show again. Oh my God, I'm so tired. Um, and we all kind of lost our minds this week, myself included. And, and I think we also, our director was here for like a brush up rehearsal week. So it actually must've been like a month and a half in because we were all like really overwhelmed with like getting new notes. Some of us were feeling a little bit under for the first time since we, since tech week, cause we all got really sick during tech week. And I, oh my gosh. Yeah. I loved my song. I forgot the lyrics. Can you believe it? I went, um, I speak with real things, usually facts and figures. When information's in its place, I'm in a mat. When information's in its place, I na 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 na. That's what I did. Can you believe it? Can you believe I did that? <laughs> Mortified. That's so funny. And, and I, it was insane because I've sung that song thousands of times. It was the only song I would sing for auditions before I got waitress. So, which is kind of pathetic. But like how it's pathetic. I forgot the words, but it was because I didn't. I needed that break. I should have taken that time off when I was so exhausted, when I was feeling under. And so when those mistakes happen, like when that happened, I thought I was so scared because usually when mistakes happen on stage, that like are your fault technically you get fined twenty dollars if you like you know forget your microphone you get fined twenty dollars like there's a bunch of things where you get fined because you know you have to be professional um and i thought i was gonna get fined but luckily they were understanding um but yeah in in those cases kennedy who plays becky she taught me this phrase and i love it so much she always says grace pill and then she like throws me an invisible pill and i catch it in my mouth and it's just like to say give yourself a break like let's take a second be grateful for what we got right now like you got through that grace pill and i have been thinking that so much so even like if my immune system fails me when we're on the road again next year and like kind of how it did like for all of us at the beginning which was really frustrating you have to forgive yourself because you're you're in a really strange circumstance and you're traveling the country and you're around all these people who have all these different things. Thank God none of us got Corona. I'm so surprised we didn't actually because we were literally traveling all around. But when it happens, yeah, you have to forgive yourself. Um, you have to know when to call out. Um, and that takes a little bit of meditation because when you have a role you love so much, you don't want to let it go. But it's not about that. It's about putting on a show for the audience that is perfect every night, the same show every night. And if that requires me having to call out that night, then like that's something I have to do for the audience. And there's nothing more to think of with that. Like, that's just what it is. What's the funniest thing that has happened on stage? Oh my God. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day and I had something perfect. I was like, if someone asked me this, this is what I'm gonna say. I, and now I am blinking, but I know for sure, maybe it'll come up as I'm saying this. I, th I think most people have heard this one. This one happened towards the end. Um, and this was the exhausted week. So this was a week before I had called out. I'm pretty sure, or it was two weeks, but it was like during a long stretch, one of those really long stretches towards the end before we all went home. It was before my wedding, or Don Don and Ogie's wedding. Um, and what the blocking is like is um, me and Becky, Becky, I'm, I have my back to center stage and so does Ogie. So we like back into each other without seeing each other. And um, Jake who plays Cal is, is bringing Ogie in with his back facing me on stage right. And then Becky Kennedy is doing that to me stage left. But there was one night 
<laughs> where it was all in slow motion. I'm like remembering it in slow motion. Um, <laughs> I was, we were walking backwards and I tripped over the back of my wedding dress. So I fell back, which caused, and cause we, she has, we have our hands on each other, which caused her to fall down <laughs> during a show. This is during a show. I wish, I'm sure if like someone sees this, like, and they saw the show, they'll be like, I was at the show. It was here. I don't remember where it was. Um, which is maybe good because <laughs> I would be thinking about it too much. But she, so it was like slow motion. Like I fell back and then she fell because of that. So here I am like falling back, but I fall. So like my feet are still on the ground. And so I'm like kind of squatted. So like my butt falls, but like my feet are still on the ground. So it's like what, it's like kind of how like a, a toddler sits if like they're pooping, but like standing up, you know what I mean? Like it was really weird and like such an awkward pose. Oh, I hate it. I hate that that happened. And then Kennedy in the meantime is literally on her back like a bug <laughs> looking up at the ceiling like cannot get up and we have to get up because we we have this amount of time in the music before we're supposed to be at the altar and then the priest has her line and like it all is time because then I love you like a table starts so we were like we literally cannot mess this up and so I like don't remember what I did I blacked out and I just remember like I somehow got up and I remember saying, which is, I shouldn't have said anything. My microphone was on. I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Get up. It's okay. Like, <laughs> like just don't say anything. Like don't improvise, Don. It was so awkward. <laughs> and I was hoping my microphone wasn't on because I don't think that's actually how Don would have reacted in the moment. I think she would have like freaked out and stopped the wedding and made sure like Becky was okay. Um, but yeah, that was, it was insane. And I just, the front row, I could hear go, <gasps> and that's the worst thing ever. When you're like, no guys, it's fine. It's fine. But like, they still like are worried. Um, yeah, I would say that was like the most embarrassing, but the funniest mistake. And then the other um, is when Brian, who plays Ogie, we used to have this bit where he would back up into the table um, after, after he woos me, after, um, what's his song? Never Getting Rid of Me. Never Getting Rid of Me. Yes. It's been so long since I've done this show, I'm forgetting everything. Um, but he used to like back up into the table and things weren't supposed to fall off. And we had to cut it because things kept falling off. And it was it would just be like a crazy amount of things that would fall off each time. The audience would love it, but our director is very much like, nope, if it doesn't move the plot along, like we gotta, we gotta snip it, which is like totally understandable. And we got a lot of shows with that happening. And I wonder if you actually saw that show. I don't remember when we changed it. It was like halfway through our run. So I don't remember if you saw it or not, um, but everything would fall off the table. I think one thing might've fallen off when I saw it. That makes sense. So it was actually probably like after that we changed it because yeah, it just things would fall off. And then like the pie that he gets in the song is not an actual slice of pie because there's so much dancing with it in the number um, that that would usually fall off. And it clearly is a plastic piece of pie. So I had to like, you know, pretend to get some like pie off the ground when there wasn't any. So like our director's like, we can't, we have to cut it. But that was always really funny because like sometimes the top of the sugar would fall off and sugar would be all over the stage, but then it would be there for bad idea. So it was like figuring out things like that. So we had to cut it for that reason. But there was a time where there was a giant pile of sugar on stage in the gynecologist office. Cool. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How do you handle rejection? Oh, you know, I I still think I'm learning how to do it. I think um, the fact I got waitress is obviously a dream come true for me. And it was what I needed in my life at that moment. I was... I was like giving up. I was like, do people actually book work? You know what I mean? Like I, like everyone, like like literally every other actor, like auditioning like crazy, like thinking you're gonna get something and then not hearing anything um, or, or hearing no. But the worst thing is not hearing anything at all. Like sometimes people have the decency of at least telling you you weren't the choice. And that actually feels better than not being told anything at all. It's, and it's really hard um, not letting it affect you and not letting it be on your mind all the time. And like I said, I'm still deal like I'm still learning how to do this. When when I was waiting to get Dawn, I had like convinced myself I didn't get it so it would hurt less. And then I end up getting it. Um so something I I do that is not healthy. I don't recommend doing this. It's a superstition to like help me deal with rejection is every time I have an audition and I and I either really want it or I think it went well and I think I might get it, I tell myself I'm not gonna get it, which is awful. It's awful. It's the opposite of of manifestation, which is literally saying what you want and saying like, I want this, I want to book Dawn, so I'm going to get Dawn. And I actually, that was the one time I did that with Dawn and I said, I'm going to book this role. And I said it out loud to myself all the time. And then I booked it, but I didn't do that ever with any other roles because I thought if I let myself believe I could get it, I wasn't going to get it just for, just because I was believing in myself and see, like I, if I had an audition next week and I was supposed to hear, like, I would still be telling myself that thing. I would still say like, you're not going to get it. It's fine. Cause it just makes it hurt less. So I, I don't recommend that, but I recommend something like that where you manifest it in the way where you're like, you know, yes, I'm capable of doing this. I, I want this role. I know I can do this. I'm going to book this role, but not, but not holding on so tight where it hurts so bad when you don't get it. So like what has really helped me is, is yeah, like finding a happy medium of, of yeah, like with my process with Dawn, I was like, I'm going to book this role. This is my role. I like, I know I'm going to, I'm going to, but then also the other half of my brain was also saying, and if you don't, that's so okay because you got to go in the room as her. You got to be her three times this past week. You got to be her for two minutes each time. And that's incredible. You're the only non-union girl who has got to be Dawn in front of those casting directors. Like it's, so it's like, it's finding the balance between that. And luckily it, it worked in my favor and I got the role after years of, of not getting any of the roles I wanted. So it's, it, it pays off. Um, it's really what I always say, which is don't give up because I was going to get, I was, 
I was about to like take take some time off um, after I finished my off Broadway show I did before I got waitress. I was going to take time off because I was so sick of not booking the shows I wanted to book. And I I was like, am I just wasting my time? Am I a joke? And the the day I was like gonna start looking at other options, like like going back to school or something, that's when I saw the casting post for Dawn. And I'm not even exaggerating. Things like that happen all the time. And it's our job as humans and artists to to notice those things, to notice like that how serendipitous that was that Dawn was on the my dream role, like something that literally changed the trajectory of my career, me submitting for that role in that moment and sending those emails in that moment brought me to where I am now. And if I didn't let myself dream and didn't believe in myself in that moment to do that, I don't know where I'd be. I'd still be teaching preschool. I'd probably be like at a yoga retreat in Costa Rica, avoiding my life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's just so, you ha- you can't give up even when it's so hard. When you want to give up, then, then don't give up even harder. That's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to remember me saying this. So I remember this in the future because that's actually good advice. When you want to give up, don't give up even harder <laughs> because it seriously pays off because you do not know what's around the corner and it's always when you're least expecting it you never get your dream when you're expecting to get your dream it's always when you need it the most um and so i would say to handle rejection remain optimistic um and be be so like obsessed with your own artistry like be so curious about what makes you sound the best what what um material makes you sound the best what roles make you shine what with monologues like I want it's so important to find what makes your instrument um shine its best it makes your soul shine its brightest um right now no matter what your age is um and then the jobs on top of it that's just that doesn't determine your worth that's just your paycheck um that's actually that's a good reminder yeah the jobs you're you're going in for and the roles you're going in for that's not your life um it's just it's your paycheck and this is your life. So you got to always just dive inward and love yourself when you're having a hard time, especially with rejection. You got to be easy on yourself. That is such a good answer. But next question, best bit of advice you can give young actors? I would say, you know, kind of what I was just saying, do not give up. Be so interested in who you are right now. I can't emphasize that enough because I feel like in high school, of course, like, you know, we're all trying to fit in. We're all trying to, to see, you know, like, like what we're good at, what, what we can be known for. But if you have a passion for something, if you love, love, love theater, any aspect of it, you have to do it. If you love, love, love painting and you can't imagine doing anything else and all you can think about is painting, do it. It is so important to listen to your heart because, and I know that, that people hear this all the time. Like when you're on your deathbed, what are you going to think about how much money you made or the memories you made and like how many dreams that you actually went after, how many of your own dreams you actually went after. It's like what Waitress is about is like she, Jenna's at that crossroads where she's like, I could either literally take this, this moment in my life and actually make the life for myself that I've been wanting to all these years. And this might be a gift from the universe, giving me a way out to do that. And then she doesn't. And then all these bad things happen. And then she eventually does. And she follows her dreams. And obviously that's the right thing that happened because she listened to her heart finally, but it took her literally pushing a child out of her body and looking at that child to see her worth, which is why waitress is so beautiful. But the, yeah, the point is never giving up knowing your own worth and not 
and this is also such a hard age with like, like people can be really mean your age. <laughs> like, I, I know it's not you, but I mean, people can be really, really mean. And looking back on it, looking back on because I, I had people who were mean to me. I was bullied. I was bullied for, for literally following my dreams. And, and I, and I know a lot of other waitress kids too. Like I've had a lot of, um, a lot of you guys like reach out and say, literally say that, that like, like there's, there's one girl who literally ha- was bullied for doing all these shows for going after this art form with full force. And that is not her problem. Those People who judge people like that, it's because they're jealous. It's because that they feel like they're missing something in themselves. So anyone who brings you down or who, yeah, anyone who brings you down right now or is mean to you, it's just because there's something about you or your passion, not you in general, Mason, like anyone in general um, at this age. I'm not just like singling you out. Um, it's because it's because usually that person has something that that other person is jealous of or wants of. So the, yeah, the best advice I can give right now is to just focus on yourself and be so obsessed with finding what material is good for you, what art makes you feel so good. And a lot of people don't know this, but knowing your your body in a way where it's like how you can achieve freedom on stage and in performance. And I wish I would have started exploring at your age. Um, it is so important starting to meditate now. And I know that probably sounds so unappealing. But if you take five minutes to meditate and be aware of where your breath is as an actor and an artist, it is just, if you start with that at this age, you will just build on top of that because you will just start to pay attention to your body. What feels good when you make a sound? What feels good when you breathe? What helps sustain a sound? And that, those are the tools for becoming a a successful and and well-rounded artist because you are not defined by the roles you book. You are defined by the skills that you learn yourself and you bring into your artistry Um, because everyone can sing and, and mostly dance. Not everyone can act, Um, but everyone can sing. That's what I'm going to say. Everyone can walk in the room and sing, but it is up to you to walk in the room, be you, make an impression on them and do something that is not what something everyone else does, like going outside the norm, like not wearing jewel tones into an audition, wearing like your favorite t-shirt that makes you feel like you because you know the more you feel like you, the better you're going to perform this song. It's like little things like that. You know what I'm saying? Where you have to be so curious about yourself and know yourself well enough at this age and start to, or it will carry on when, when you get to college or whatever you do after high school, it will carry on to your life. And that is what translates on stage and in the audition room. Not like, not zip, zap, zop. You know what I mean? And all those theater games. Like what translates in the room is the work you've done on yourself. Um, that is the most important. And the earlier you can start, um, the better. And it will just show, especially if you're going into college auditions and professional auditions. It's just, um, yeah, a foot forward a step in the door if you start doing that kind of stuff. Something I'm really interested in is what's it like from an actor's perspective to come out the stage door and see the fans? I'm going to get emotional. It's everything I have ever dreamed of, ever. I was that stage door kid. I grew up um, in Chicago, so I had access to Broadway in Chicago, which is one of the greatest gifts, I think, any kid could ever have, not uh, Broadway in Chicago and any theater in any cities where it's accessible. I I don't think I would even be here without seeing professional productions. And I'm sure you agree because the fact, like you, we can't just go to Broadway all the time. I didn't go to New York till I was like 18. 
like it's not accessible. And the fact that, oh, the fact, oh my gosh, the fact that I was about to perform in Broadway in Chicago, and I'm I'm so incredibly heartbroken. It was the show that our week in broad in Broadway in Chicago got canceled, but I was that kid at the stage door every Broadway in Chicago tour. I was there at the stage door, like wanting to talk to them, just like. And it wasn't even like I didn't. I don't think I was like an obsessive fan. Like I don't even think that really exists in musical theater. Like I think we're all really cool, personally. Like <laughs> I think we're different than like pop star fans. Like we're I don't know. Like we well like we just talk to each other. Like we're humans. You know what I mean? And that's what I like about the stage door. It's not like how I would imagine. You know, it's like a big like pop star is someone walking out and literally everyone's just screaming in their faces. You walk out of the stage door and you just get to talk to people. And I love that as, as an audience member. I, didn't, I don't do it as much as an adult because I'm always, I don't know, I just like, I get worried about like saying something stupid. Um, <laughs> but as a kid, I wasn't for some reason. And I probably said so many stupid things. But there's no better feeling as an audience member, having the moment to connect with that performer after about the story you just saw that changed you and, and connect with them and have them know that it changed you. But also from the performer's aspect, which I've never experienced this, um, because every other show I've done, it, you know, it was like a small off-Broadway show where there wasn't like a big following at the stage door, or it was a regional show where there wasn't a big following at a stage door because it was in a little town. Um, I mean, my, the one I remember the most is Boise because that was like our first stage door experience. That's where we teched the show and like technically opened, but we opened in Vancouver, but I'll never forget it. I walked out and and this was the craziest stage door that we've had because it was like our opening. Um, but there was like, a huge crowd of people and we me and someone else walked out and just screams and that was the only time that I like I was like this is probably what like celebrities feel like like screams that was like I got overwhelmed and luckily that hasn't happened yet I mean that hasn't happened again but yeah like like I said before what like that was the most magical time but every time walking out and just there's someone there who's waiting to talk to someone with their playbill or with nothing at all. And, and they're just waiting to just have a conversation about what they just saw, about what they just saw or about anything at all. And, and I especially like that because I, I have social anxiety um, and I have a really hard time talking about like my, to my friends and family about waitress and about like things in my personal life like that. And I especially felt like that during waitress because, you know, I was Dawn and people knew me as Dawn. So it kind of felt lonely because I was like, yes, I love representing Dawn, but like, I'm, I'm Gabriella. And it was cool at the stage door that people knew who I was. Like, they knew I played Dawn, and they also knew I was Gabriella. And then I got to know them too. And then Instagram is such an incredible, beautiful invention. I didn't have growing up to going to all these shows. I had Twitter, and it was like, even then, like, you didn't use it the way we use Instagram now to communicate with each other. And it's so beautiful that we can go see a show like, like I knew you before you even saw the show because I recognized your username and we talked before the show and I got to like point to you in the audience and we got to see each other after. That is the best part of the show. That was so magical. It was so magical. I agree. Because it's the difference between, between knowing someone and like knowing someone. You know what I mean? Like that makes me feel seen as Gabriella. It makes me feel seen that like you want, you like wanted to connect with me like that. And that's why the stage door is so special because I get to connect with you and other people. Yes, is Dawn because I just played Dawn and I know her because I play her like, you know, every night, but like we got to talk, like I got to talk to you as Gabriella and that's so special to me. And I never forget any interaction I have because what, what we get now is what I wanted 
at the stage door when I was little so bad. So the fact that I get to be what I, what I needed when I was little from actors is the most fulfilling magical thing ever. And yeah, I, I can't believe I fulfilled like this dream I've had like this young, like be like having that connection with fans. So it's just cool. Yeah. That like, this is the beginning of that. And hopefully there's, there's more next year when we continue on because the waitress stage door is, I think one of the most magical stage doors in theater. Oh, absolutely. Um, experience or education? What do you think is more important <gasps> in the realm of acting? Ooh, good question. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's actually so hard. I want to say half and half, but okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to continue on. I'm going to say half and half, but it depends because not everyone needs to go to college. And by that, and I, I said this on one of my Instagram takeovers, and I wish I could take it back so bad because I misspoke. I, I said, I was like, you don't need education. Who cares? But like, I didn't mean that at all. Like everyone, it's, to get educated is good. But getting a BFA is not the end all be all. And it's really annoying to me that like, I don't have my BFA. I like don't even have a degree. I went to CAP 21 and I have a certificate. And now, and now my, that program is with, um, is with uh, a college where you can get a BFA. But um, me and Bailey, we went to school together at the same time to CAP. Um, and it was in the transition period where it was with NYU and then it was transitioning out of NYU because they had some differences and it was transitioning to go to Malloy College. So it was just changing colleges, but, um, and it was still going to be a, a BFA program, but it couldn't be a BFA program in this transition time. So I don't have a degree and I'm still here. Like, yes, degrees are awesome if you want to like, you know, get a master's and, and you know, continue on um, with your education after that. And of course, the training is fantastic. I started off as a BFA musical theater major at Webster University, and I left after first semester. And I loved, loved, loved the program. I just knew in my heart of hearts I needed to be in New York. Unexplainable, another story. But it just goes to show you have to listen to what you know you need. Because I, I tried the BFA thing, and in my mind I was like, if I stay here for four years, that feels like too long. I want to, I want training, but I want to be somewhere where I can audition. New York. I found CAF 21 where I could, I mean, I was in this intense boot camp program, um, but I didn't, I didn't get a BFA from it. And I, but no one asked me if I have my BFA, you know what I mean? Like it, in, in the business, no one, no one, you will not be cast based on the fact if you have a degree or not. So with that, I will say experience matters, but education goes hand in hand in that because you can like, let's say, yeah, you grew up dancing um, and you're like a fabulous dancer. And so you just like book all these regional shows young as a dancer, but, but yeah, so all, so those dancers will have the experience of being in a show, which is great because that is a whole experience in itself. But there are things that you learn in class. Like, I mean, I could list a million things right now, but there's so many things that you don't get by being on stage where you get in school. And that could be with acting, with psychology, with writing. It actually doesn't matter like what you go to school for. Of course, if you're going to like do theater, take a theater class, you know, like gain, gain some of that, but that's not the end all be all. It's about being educated as a human. So it's not just about taking every performance class you possibly can. Like that is actually, I would not recommend that. I would say take performance classes, then take some normal classes because when you are playing characters, they're not, those, these characters all didn't go to school for musical theater. These characters like are humans who aren't musical theater performers. So it's important to know different things outside of musical theater. Like 
terms of psychology or different like breathing methods, yoga, or like, like anything like that, that just helps your brain grow will help you grow as a performer. Because if you just stay in that BFA land where everything is just there and you don't branch out of that, you're going to have a problem. You're not, you're, you're going to be just like, you know, a musical theater kid or just a theater kid. But what they're looking for now is an artist, a well-rounded artist who does things other than just like, like theater, 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 you know? So my answer is half and half. Um, the end all be all is not college, not BFA, but it is education in whatever way you feel like you need. Um, but also equally experience goes hand in hand because I learned so much being in waitress this year that I just didn't know before because I've never been in a big commercial theater production like this, like a big literal Broadway touring production. So if I didn't have this experience, like I wouldn't know half the things I know now. So it's equal. Um, but the experience part, that's luck and that sucks. So you can't plan that and you can't, um, yeah, you can't plan that, but you can plan your education. Um, so I would say, I would say that, um, don't get so obsessed with the idea of like musical theater, become obsessed with the idea of like, I want to become a well-rounded, awesome human. I'm learning so much today. <laughs> Last question. What are you doing during quarantine? Ooh, I'm doing way too much. I wish I wasn't doing so much. I don't know why I'm doing so much. All I want to do is play The Sims. Um, <laughs> the Sims is my life. I play it every night. Um, but um, I've had to stop because I've had to stop um, playing as much because I um, am now teaching voice lessons and um, acting coaching through Zoom, um, which is great. Yeah, which is great. I'm very busy now, which is, it's, it's now I have a full-time job again, which is great. Um, so yeah, you can, you can also pass around my, my info to anyone like, um, in, in your drama club who might want, uh, you know, coaching or, or anything like that. That's what I'm doing. Still like doing the Q and A stuff and, um, some, some concerts, um, online for, in the name of waitress, um, or representing waitress, I guess. Um, and I'm also, I'm taking a lot of classes. See, like I'm doing so much and I wouldn't do this otherwise. Like, I don't know why I'm choosing to now like study so much, but it's great. I'm taking a vocal health class, a vocal pedagogy class, um, which is essentially like learning anatomy and like how the voice works. Really interesting. And it's helping me become a better artist which is great. And then I'm also in a sketch writing class, um, which was outside my comfort zone, but it's really fun. So I've been writing a lot of sketches and hopefully I'll get over myself and put them on TikTok, but I'm, I'm still an old bat and I don't get TikTok. Um, and I'm also in a book club called The Artist Way, where I'm with a bunch of other artists um, and we meet up once a week on Zoom and it's an artist workbook and it's a week by week thing. And you just do exercises each week that just help free your inner artist and your inner child because um, your inner artist is your inner child. And ooh, that's good for me to say. And it's just um, helping me connect to my inner artist and my artist child better, which is always the goal as an artist to connect to that inner child. So yeah, keeping myself busy. I could talk to you for hours. I know, this is so fun. Um, thank you so much for setting this up. Thank you for coming to it. Yeah, yes, and I can't wait to, to see it. I will definitely send it to you. But in the meantime, it was great talking to you, and see you soon. Okay, it's just me now, but how awesome is she? I could, I like I said, I could talk to her for hours, and we almost did. Sorry this is so long, but I hope you enjoyed this episode, and see you next week. I hope to get more interviews to where I can produce more of these episodes.
but see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.